today's episode of the Business Buffet Podcast is brought to you by Zenith Exhibits. When it comes to building websites, Zenith Exhibits is completely different, and they don't just say it, they prove it. They have built nearly 1,800 websites, and they average over 100 a year. That's a lot of websites, and they do it with their client in mind. The websites that Ed and Zenith Exhibits build have a look that is tailored to the client with unmatched SEO and they are completed start to finish within two weeks and many times within a week. Nobody can match the speed and quality of Zenith Exhibits and all this for under a grand. Not only that, Zenith Exhibits offers a full range of marketing elements including trade show displays and exhibits. Zenith Exhibits even offers training that will get your people noticed above all of the other trade show noise and competition. You've made the decision to go into business. Start things off on the right foot by having a great website that converts, and that starts with Zenith Exhibits. Business done right. Being an entrepreneur is a very popular trend these days, but is everyone cut out to run their own business? The short answer is yes, but we'll dive into that deeper on today's episode of The Business Buffet. Welcome to The Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we too will offer the business staples. In addition, we'll offer up a smorgasbord of special business strategies too. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Welcome to another episode of the Business Buffet. And fall is in the air, and guess what's right around the corner, Ed? Thanksgiving. That's right. And, you know, I just had to mention this because we are the Business Buffet, and Buffet, and Thanksgiving, and food, and we hope that we're giving you lots of nuggets on this podcast. But, yeah, Thanksgiving's in the air, gratitude is in the air, and... uh, are you? Do you have any plans this year? You know, just saying the name Business Buffet makes me happy. <laughs> I, I obviously I I had a big name, big part in naming our podcast, and <laughs> therefore it's obvious that Thanksgiving is one of my most favorite times of year. I mean, the turkey, the dressing, all of those fixins. But I digress. This podcast is about business. Not, it is not Ed's diet. I was going to say, and by a big part in naming this podcast, you meant. Uh, all of my suggestions, you're like, nope, we're doing business buffet. That's right. <laughs> I was I was hungry that day. <laughs> yes, you were. So this episode might seem a little harsh, but sometimes we all need to get real. And as a reminder, Ed and I, while, we do, while we're doing this podcast, we are offering up a smorgasbord of business opinions because many, if not most, small business owners never had a formal education of how to run a successful business but we want to help we're not trying to hurt we think anyone who has a passion should turn that into a business but it does take a lot of work it's not for the meek or the weak with that said well you know actually before you yeah be in our age where we are it, it's not uncommon to run into the business people most of the people that i know they're in their 50s and they're even their 60s it's mm-hmm. I'm finding that as corporations are wanting to go younger, they're getting rid of their more expensive, older employees. So I think starting your own business is a super viable option for that person who's not yet ready to retire, but 
they still want to be productive in society. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, uh, there are so many times where I have a conversation with somebody and they, they piss and moan about their boss, their job. And I said, well, why don't you just start your own business? No, I can't do that. What people can do that, and people are doing that, and they're, it's, they're doing it at a record pace right now. It is the hot thing to be an entrepreneur. Well, you know, and the benefits, I, I don't know that I would trade it. I don't know that if I'm, I'm unemployable, but I, I certainly wouldn't want to go back to work unless I really had to for somebody else, that is, because the freedom of self-employment means that I had to take a nap in the afternoon after lunch. You're going to admit that on this podcast. That's Absolutely. amazing. So you don't think you're unemployable, or you do? I, you know, I, I don't actually. I, you know, I have a pretty varied skill set. I probably am still employable, but I might be one of those disgruntled employees. Yeah, I, I, I think that I'm probably unemployable. I end up uh, if I were to work for someone, I would be figuring out how we could make it a more streamlined business <laughs> so that they could make more money. But when did you realize that you wanted to run your own company? Well, actually, right after college, I wanted to go into business. Uh, my wife didn't. She didn't want me to be self-employed. But um, those reasons are because of her previous marriage. Her first husband was self-employed, and it didn't go so well. So, you know, probably late 20s, early mid to, mid to late 20s is when I realized I wanted to do it. But the opportunity didn't really afford it until uh, 15 years later. I have had so many people tell me, why don't you just get a job, fill and work for someone else? It's much, and get the security. And I try to explain to people, you do not have the security when you work for someone else. At any given time, unless it's a contract, and they can still figure out a way of ending, terminating that contract, but at any given time, they can bring somebody in, pay them more, than what you're doing, getting paid, or they can get rid of you. And that is not security, in my opinion. Well, uh, although if you take it from the other point of view, I, when I was an employee, I was one of the best employees for every company I've ever worked for because I put the company needs really ahead of my own. My vision was is if the company succeeded, I would succeed. They would take care of me. I used the Adam Smith principle, um, the invisible hand, uh, obviously, I was self-serving, or I wouldn't have been working for those companies. But I always felt that if the company succeeded, I would be justly rewarded. And in every case, that was the truth. So when I say that I'm unemployable, it's because I really don't want to be an employee. Are you in a better position now? Yeah, much okay. better. Thank Perfect. You. I just didn't want to be an, an employee. Um I end up working more hours, but they're more enjoyable hours. And so when I work for someone as an employee, you go and you, you punch the clock and you take your lunch and everything is so regimented. I remember uh, hearing a story um, from a friend of my uncle's was a painter for the city of Seattle. And he would try to be wrapping up a, a part on the job before he went and took lunch sometimes he would start his lunch 10 minutes late and everyone would say dude you're making everybody look bad you're only taking a 45 minute lunch and so he almost got fired for working too hard now that was for the city of seattle and we all know uh, you know it's a very bureaucratic uh, system 
but that just not at me. It's like, why wouldn't you want to get as much done as possible? And uh, so that's why, you know, working for myself and being in business for myself, um, I really only have one person to get upset with if things aren't going well. That is the beauty of self-employment, but it also requires some discipline. Now I, you know, I work from home. I think that's the reason why I like self-employment so much. A lot of my friends who are self-employed, they, they don't like working from home. They would much rather have an office. Many of them lease an office. They get up in the morning, they get dressed, they put on a coat and tie, and they go to the office, and they sit there by themselves, make phone calls all day long. To me, the expense just didn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. And then the people that will, and look, I don't, I don't begrudge this at all either, but people that work for themselves need to be in a coffee shop or about around, you know, social atmosphere. Again, same thing. I won't get as much done as I need to get done. With that said, as you know, we've got different networking groups that we're both a part of. We have other groups that we're both a part of. You have other groups that I'm not a part of, and I have some groups that you're not a part of, but we get out of the house. And I'll tell you this, about 10, 45, 11 in the morning, I kind of wrap up my morning stuff and I actually go run quick errands just to get moving. And I come back, I'm much more energ energized and work out the afternoon. What, what time in, in the morning do you actually start working? Uh, so about, I'd say 4 a.m. I'm thinking all sorts of things in my dreams. <laughs> but you're not at the desk? No. Yeah, see, I'm at the desk. I know you are. I, you know, I get up at 4, and, and right now we got a puppy, so the puppy is taking... Uh, some of that morning time, but I got a laptop that's sitting at the kitchen table, and I sit there and I work um, while I'm at, at the kitchen table taking care of the puppy. But I'm always at my desk by five o'clock, so I have that regimented process. I have that discipline, if you will, that I'm there, I'm working. And uh, actually, the reason it's five o'clock and not seven or nine like normal people, uh, I just get more done. I do a lot of business, especially in the trade show side, with customers back east. For sure. So they're three hours ahead already. So, you know, come 6 o'clock in the morning, they've just wandered into the office at the ripe old time of 9 a.m. Right. And they're wanting to talk to their contractor, and I'm always up. So that's really helped me in the trade show world. Plus, when I have stuff shipping across the United States, popping my head on FedEx or UPS to see where the shipment is, at five o'clock in the morning and noticing ooh, the hurricane it's got yeah, things right. blocked up i can actually do something about it and, and get things done but then two three o'clock in the afternoon taking a siesta shutting down the phones eh, it doesn't really make me feel all that bad because i've already been working 10 hours well i will tell you this and and knowing where your wheelhouse is is vitally important when you're in business for yourself for the vast majority of different types of businesses, you you can work at eight at night or four in the morning. Where whenever that, whenever your sweet spot is, that's what you should do. And you really need to take uh, and understand that. Um, you know, you're working on your in your own business. You can kind of make your own rules as long as it works out for the best of your business and the best of your clients. That's that's okay. Well, and I think that's the point. Um, know your process know what makes you work um, you know this worked for me now every year I do a SWOT analysis uh, strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats learned that from the engineering world we did it every year 
every time a project was finished we would we would do a continuous improvement session and I, I just carried that over into my self-employment and uh, honestly it's it's improved my business dramatically because I see what is working more importantly what isn't working and my business has turned a lot compared to the typical marketing firm my business turns on a dime and that's because I'm always looking ahead at the marketplace but that's the discipline I think the small business owner today they have to be disciplined not just in their time not just in how they do their work but how they research and keep up with their industry I have a dear dear friend we've been we've been friends for over 30 years now he's a computer consultant and I'll leave his name off but he's probably <laughs> listening to this podcast um, he is one of the most disorganized people I know his office is a disaster He's got piles and piles and piles of paper. He's got widgets. He's got eye candy. He's got distractions galore. Now, he is one of the finest computer consultants on the planet. And I've actually flown him in to help my customers who are struggling with their IT needs. <laughs> From an organizational standpoint, this guy just doesn't have the discipline. Now, the fact that he's been in business for over 30 years is a testament to how good he is. But all too often, I see those small business people who don't have the discipline fail because they just don't stick it out. I understand there is uh, someone that I know that uh, was married to a state farm agent. Whenever he would hire somebody, he would always take a look at their car. And if their car was in shambles, you know, wrappers uh, everywhere and just crumbs. Just, yeah, disarray. He wouldn't hire them. Now, I'm not sure he would give that reason, but when you understand that there's a section or a portion of someone's life that is unorganized, that will carry over into their into their job. Well, you know, that's why some people run credit reports. You know, most employers, and, and I'm pretty certain most of my big customers, they always run a credit report on me. I provide the information up front so they can do it. But I had one customer actually confide in me. He, he, he asked if I could come pick him up. We were going to meet for coffee. And he called me that morning. We were going to meet for coffee. And he said, hey, Ed, do you mind swinging by my place and picking me up? I thought it was a little weird at first. <laughs> Maybe I was just a little gullible. But I said, yeah, sure, why not? So I picked him up, and we went to the coffee shop, and we finished. And I took him home. Felt kind of weird didn't know if I was supposed to hold his hand and walk him to the door. <laughs> well, what comes next, right? right? But he you know, he hired me, and later he said, you know, actually, I, I did that on purpose. I, I just wanted to see if your car was clean. Yeah. I, it's a it's a very uh, simple little trick. Um, so looking back, uh, you know, I don't think we've talked about the E-Myth Revisited at, at all yet, but it's a great book by Michael Gerber. In that book, there are um, three things that, that are part of every business. And, and what the book is about is creating systems, okay? Uh, there are three different aspects of every business. You've got the entrepreneur, you've got the manager, and you've got the technician. Arguably, two of those every entrepreneur has. One is the entrepreneurial spirit, right? The dreamer. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in business. Why would you go into business if you didn't have that? Number two is the technician, okay? Got to be good at that's right. If you're a really good plumber, uh, then you want to be, be a, a, 
creative plumbing business, right? It's the third one, the it, manager. The manager, the bookkeeping, the administrative stuff. That's right, because what people fail to understand when they go into business, if it's a passion or something they're very good at, is it, it's not just that. You've got the marketing, the sales, the accounting, and, and the list really goes on, right? Um, what would you say is your strongest attribute given those three choices you know given those three choices i'm I'm really strong in all three honestly no not no bragging here but my strength is manager i'm i'm super organized i'm an engineer i mean <laughs> i've got to be organized i can do math i can i can file i i know the bookkeeping i you know minored in financial ac- uh, accounting and economics in college so i i would say probably manager is my strongest interestingly i think my weakest is entrepreneur what is 13 times 16 it is uh one three x one six 288 you said you're good in math i just need to bring you down a notch i didn't say it was in my head (laughs) (laughs) so you are the strongest in 288 thank you that's well well done after i gave you the answer um doesn't matter how i got it (laughs) good point um so manager is strong for you um for myself i i would have to say i lean probably towards actually the entrepreneurial being number one in this right below that is technician i'm trying to shore up my manager skills uh we're a part of the you know innovation collective and i'm a facilitator for the great eight uh, eight week um, march journey through eight aspects of our life and we always have a becoming statement. And, and my last grade eight and this grade eight, my becoming statement is the same thing. And I'm becoming a leader that inspires people to do great things. And I think that incorporates that management aspect of that is, is allowing people, empowering people to, to do great things. But they do need to be led along the, line, along the way a lot of times. When was the last time you read through E-Myth Revisited? It's been about a year. It's been about a year. In fact, we're I'm going to be on a couple trips this fall and in winter, and I'm pretty sure that book will will listen to that again. You know, it's been a few more years. I, th- I think it's been about five years since since I read it. Um, but one of the points that the book makes, I think, is all important for the person. Maybe you just got laid off. Maybe you've been hankering to go into business for yourself. Hey, maybe you retired. You're just looking for something else to do. What the E-Myth Revisited really spoke to me about was whatever you're not good at, hire somebody who is. Don't try to be good in all three areas. Even though I am strongest in managerial, that's not really the area of my business that I do. I focus more of my energy on the technician and the entrepreneur side, and I've brought in my wife, who is a bookkeeper, to handle all of that administrative and managerial side of the business. So even though it's my strongest self-identified area, I actually spend very little time doing it. You know how many people will say, and I believe this is wrong advice, look, you got to find the weakest point and you need to be better at that. You know, that actually is work. So get somebody where your weakest point is their strong point, and it's a win-win, and now you are spending your time doing things that you're very good at and, frankly, doesn't seem like work. 
Well, that is the definition of capitalism. Leverage the talents of other people to help you make more money. So there are going to be uh, people that are, um, some are strong in all three, very few. And the fact that uh, you are self-identified as a strong in all three, that's fantastic. I definitely know I'm not strong in all three. Um, but we want to we encourage people to start treating their business as a business, run it as a business, commit to that as a business instead of a hobby. Or you're actually the worst of both worlds if you're an employee in your own business. So create those systems. You know, sometimes I hear people say, I, I hear you say that. Run your business like a business. But what does that mean? And, and I think people really struggle with the mechanics. Folks, it's, it is this easy. If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Start by creating a plan. We, we get caught in the notion that our business plan needs to be hundreds of pages long because that's what big corporations do. They do market research and executive summaries and financial reports. And all that is well and good, oh, right? It's, it's useful, yeah. but not for a small or no. a micro-sized business. You can do a small business action plan in a single page. And I promise you, if you write it down, your business will do better. Now, uh, and, and that's true, but, and, and things can change. And so you, when something changes, you pivot, right? That's and right. you rewrite it down. We have to be flexible. That's right. So uh, create those systems. Even if you're doing everything at the beginning, you might have to do everything at the beginning because you cannot afford as a business to bring someone in. But write down that system so that when somebody comes in, they're doing it your way. That's right. The key to business is you are the reason people do business with your company not your employees that comes later but your employees should be doing a product of what you created write it down so um i've got a quote for you quote yeah lay it this is from our friend billy jean king tennis player champions keep playing until they get it right. Thank you for listening to today's Business Buffet podcast. If you came in hungry for some business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business. Hey. For those of you still listening, you have a chance to win a free book. If you visit www.businessbuffet.page slash free hyphen book, you can complete the free book entry form for a chance to win a copy of Dr. Spencer Johnson's book, The Present, The Gift for Changing Times. You know, my wife and I read this book annually. We have for 15 years. Ed, it's a great book. The lessons I have gained from this book are timeless and directly responsible for my business su success. I love the book so much that I've actually, um, I, I grabbed a copy of this book and I loved it so much. I've given it to people that are important to me in, in my life, had them sign the uh, front, and I've got a whole list of people now that have read this book, including um, some very important parts of my family. So uh, visit www.businessbuffet.page slash free hyphen book 
for your chance to win. And thank you for listening to our podcast this far to the end.